This is Andrei Stolzers and you are listening to the Film Focus Podcast. Here we are after a ridiculous bank holiday football match. After a historic week of a new king and a new queen, there are certainly some court jesters in terms of results on Monday. 21 goals in three games. And in ours, we broke a record for older players scoring the most in 90 minutes this season. Our free kick and penalty saving hoodoo eradicated. And whilst losing our way a bit after 4-0 up, we certainly put those... Foxes to Shane, that Duffy Wonderland song still going around in many of our heads. We'll look at many highs and marginal lows of all that whilst looking ahead to Southampton and going to war with XG Disciples. With me are Morgan Carlton and Matthew Wiggins and myself, J-Mac, all on your Fulham Focus podcast. Fulham. So this has been still in my head. It's still going on in my head right now, and it's just unbelievable. I, I just, my, my, Wigo's dancing to it right now. He loves it. But what's really funny is my wife has just been just walking around the house like, why are you whistling Winter Wonderland at this time of year? You're going to fucking ruin Christmas for us. Anyway, so yeah, I, I think a lot of people go for this at the moment. Anyway, opening thoughts. Um, I'll go to you, Wigo, first, because you were at this game. I mean, what a ridiculous... Ridiculous game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> completely unexpected, really, considering how little we've taken our chances over the last few weeks. Those chances that we have created to then be like we were last season. You know, we were free scoring, free flowing. It was just fantastic to watch. We were, <clears throat> we were excellent, absolutely brilliant. And I thought Leicester would put up more of a fight. Certainly, first half mm. they were. They were badly let down by their defence, I think it's fair to say. You know, going forward they looked alright, didn't create too much, but still had quite a few chances, but at the back they were woeful and ultimately it cost them and we were clinical yeah. and you know, some great goals. I, I walked into the ground with my mate Alex and I just said, I, I've got a feeling we're either going to smash them today or they might somehow win marginally, like 3-2 or something like that. <laughs> Knowing me, it was actually neither of those. It was kind of like a bit of both morgues. I mean, just your opening thoughts on this game before we move on. It was your classic sort of end of season uh, back and forth game, really. I know we, obviously going 4-0 up, brilliant. I mean, it, as Wigo said, you know, it was like last season. We were just banging them in. It was obviously yeah. disappointing that we only scored five, given how uh, Leicester were defending. I mean, but, I did think we could get to seven at one point. It did feel like we yeah, could yeah. do a Luton or a, you know, a Reading. I think, you know, obviously uh, Leicester are kind of that next step up. I know they've had a crap season, but they obviously did sort of try, They, you know, attacking-wise, they're not bad going forward, but their defence is awful. I mean, yeah. and that uh, Iverson guy in goal who's replaced, um, what's his face, Ward, the Welsh keeper... He he didn't cover himself in glory, did he? I mean, he everything was going no. past him, and I think that free kick uh, was just a you know one of those classic <laughs> goalkeeper nightmares, really. And what was it? First one since Joe Bryan scored his nightmare for the keeper. Yeah, it was, what? and it, and, and Which... even the dive from their keeper was quite similar to 
Reyes in a way. It just it just looked so ridiculous. The he didn't fly quite day. as far, did he? Not as quite as far. Some say he's still flying, but you know. That's what <laughs> well, you mentioned the free kick there, Morgan. That brings us nicely to the next point, really. I mean, Wigo said how scintillating we were in the first half, and that Willian free kick, brilliant. I mean, we could just take your pick really of what you want to talk about for the first half because we were just we looked absolutely brilliant I can't make my mind up really between who the man of the match was you have Willian who was immense Harry Wilson Vinicius even I mean so you mentioned the Willian free kick and just I mean obviously we talked to the rafters about how brilliant he's been for us but actually the the Vinicius goal was a very nice finish from him and Harry Wilson the assist just everything about that goal was brilliant I thought actually the I mean that first 10 minutes we just came out of the blocks and just took the game straight to them. It was brilliant. And it was just how you want us to play. It was a no-fear kind of approach to the game. Because obviously, Leicester need the points. You know, that's that goes without saying. The But coming at them like that, when clearly they were nervous, it almost had the sort of um, feel to many a year ago now when Norwich had to come to us on the final day and win in order to have a chance of staying up. And we pummeled them 6-0 because we just went at them and they were shitting themselves from the outset. And it was almost felt like a bit like that. Then their defences, I mean, they said already, their defence was so fragile from, you know, from the get-go. And the fact that we scored off 10 minutes was, you know, no less than we deserved because we'd had all the ball. We were, you know, attack after attack. And, you know, William, he said, you know, he's been exceptional this season and, you know, richly deserves... You know, the odd bit of luck, which, yes, that free kick was a cracking ball into the danger danger area. But at the same time, you need that bit of luck to be able to beat the keeper from, what, 35, 40 yards out. Mm. So that one, and you know, and Vinicius, you know, great, great finish. Great goal. You know, Wilson, <laughs> I think we've saying, you know, so he's been, since he's <clears throat> got back to fitness, he's been a different player from the one that we saw earlier in the season when he was he clearly wasn't fit he got injured again um, and you know he's just been playing out of his skin in recent weeks and I think Vinicius we know he's not you know amazing but you know two goals in three games for him against well one against Man City and this one so you know he's clearly got a bit of confidence which I don't know. Great. Wigo, do we know that he's not amazing? I'm not sure how. I'm not sure if. I feel like you should be chipping back at that. <laughs> he to be he is. I'm not sure. I Class. feel like. It's funny because me and Wigo have been. <laughs> me and Wigo have been, like, you know, absolute firm supporters of Vinicius. And it was only last week, him as well, where we started to actually lose our patience slightly. And I've just said, you know what? He's probably going to go in the summer and he hasn't been good enough. And it's, you know, we sort of conceded it. And then as soon as that's happened, he's now been. Brilliant. So I feel like we actually are the reasons. It was. It was literally. It was literally. Yeah. You you gave up. It was literally after Villa away when I went. Oh my god! I've really had enough now. I was like, I'm losing faith, and I'm really struggling to stick up for him. But um, even at Liverpool on Wednesday, last Wednesday, he was bloody brilliant. And yeah, I mean, he's carried it over again. Like, you know, that when you. I was going to say, there's a. Just say when he puts himself about, you know, he's 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 a, he can be a strong boy. Against Villa, he was weak as piss. Against Tyrone Mings as well. And against, yeah, and you can't be weak against Mings, can you? So <laughs> the um, the uh, you know this time around, he just he bullied that defense. It was great to see. It's just um, the argument's been made it. at the moment that he's sort of been playing uh, the ball's been played at his feet, feet a lot more rather than. Uh, trying to make uh, overhead crosses and 
guy, which actually, I mean, he's a big lad, but I mean, ironically, he's not very good <laughs> as physicality for, for getting hurdles for some reason. But is, do you reckon we're going to just, um, I saw someone make a point that, I mean, even when Mitrovic had bad games, the ball was never being played to his feet enough. I mean, it's just, do you think it's it's just simply the fact that, you know, Vinicius is just getting more game time now and just actually more consistency? I think Marco Silva made a comment afterwards saying that, you know, that's that's the reason. And, you know, it, he's never been as bad as everyone suggested. Yeah, ultimately, he's got a bit of confidence now. I mean, he'd been out the team. You know, we had Dan James playing up front and I think we've had Bobby Reed as well. So... You know, even when our only other striker is suspended, he still didn't have a place in the team. So that must be quite soul-destroying, really. So for him to come back in and sort of find a bit of form, you know, two goals and an assist in three games, I think is decent form for anyone, whether it's Vinicius or really good. or not. So And especially as one of those goals, a brilliant goal against Man City as well. Um, so I think you can only give him credit for, for finding his feet at the moment and getting that confidence and um, listen I could see him starting on Saturday even even though Mitrovic is back I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Vinny starting on Saturday it's a tricky one isn't it it would be a shame if he wasn't Yeah, it's a really tricky one because I feel that you know it's a bit like when Harry Kane was injured uh, before the Tottenham Hotspur final at the Champions League and you know but obviously in this case Mitrovic is suspended but you have to play your best striker um, especially when we're trying to break our points record in the Premier League. But I just feel with Vinicius and his form and how long, it, you know, the, the stuff that he's received, not abuse, but just the criticism, I, I feel like it would be a real shame for him not to at least start the game against what looked like quite a poor Southampton side. Um, but I think, Morgs, you, you could probably see Mitrovic starting that one. I think so. It really depends if they've um, managed to get a sort of behind closed door game or something like that. Uh, there were rumours that there was going to be one. Oh, right. Uh, in order to get his uh, fitness up a bit. I, I think it's unlikely that he'll start uh, because I think, you know, we're not... It's not like we're... I mean, yes, we are chasing our biggest points total, but I think to change Finicius after that performance against what would be a pretty similar uh, team in Southampton, I know they're going to be, you know, fighting for their lives, but they're also going to have to be very... Um, you know, open how they play because if they don't win, they're down. Yeah. You know, even if they do win, they could be down as well. Um, so I think they're going to be playing, you know, on on the front foot, but that also gives us a opportunity to get in there and, you know, get behind them. And I think Vinicius deserves another go at it. Um, okay. It'll come off after, you know, however long, maybe an hour. And I think, you know, Mitro would be sort of chomping at the bit to get on, obviously. So I might be completely wrong in this, but... I think, you know, after eight games not playing, uh, he's not going to be match fit. Whether he's just going to come and do the first half or first 60 minutes, then maybe that's the plan for him. But I could definitely see Vinicius starting it and then Mitro coming on and then bagging a brace in the last 15 minutes. That's what I'd like. I think that would be the best way to do it, for sure. Um, obviously, Wigger was mentioning his uh, his assists as well as his goals. And we may as well may mention the build-up to the Kearney goal. Now, this was... I mean, the Vinicius hold-up play and the assist was great. But my word, the pass from Harrison Reed, Actually, just Harrison Reed, this entire game, Wigger, was, I mean, electric. This is what I'm talking about, when everyone was just absolutely on fire in this game. And, I mean, obviously, we're coming on to Kearney ever so shortly, but Harrison Reed, 
assist, two Vinicius, two Kenny. I mean, a Kenny in that number 10 role. I mean, I don't even know what question I'm asking you, really. I'm just having a bit of a sort of a joygasm of all the players that are doing so much. But, you know, just, just, just tell me about your thoughts on Harrison Reed leading on to Kenny as the 10 mate. Uh, Harrison, Harrison Reed has been bloody brilliant. What a value for money signing that was. It's probably one of the only things that Parker got right. Um, you know, six million. I think we paid for Harrison Reed, and my God, what a bargain! He's criminally underrated throughout the league, and he could have quite easily gone to Qatar. To be honest, I mean, playing taking Calvin Phillips, who who'd played a hundred minutes or whatever, and completely bypassing Harrison Reed. It might be a bit biased, but he should have been in the conversation yeah. for sure. He's he will be in the future, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, sure. he's excellent though. He's all over the pitch all the time. He's scoring goals this season I mean he he's just exceptional and I struggle to see Lukic displacing him anytime soon I really do I th- I wonder if Lukic was bought in as a sort of improvement on him but at the moment all right Lukic hasn't really started many games especially in that position yeah. or that role but I'd struggle to see him taking Harrison Reed's spot in the team he's exceptional and we really miss an energy when he's not playing um, the argument might be that I mean, so I mean, I always thought that and a lot of people thought that Lukic was actually going to be an upgrade in Harrison Reed, like you say. Um, and I think it takes time to to obviously get acquainted with the Premier League, especially from a league like Syria. But you've also got to look into that maybe actually Harrison Reed's performing out of his skin a lot more because he knows now the competition is there for him with Lukic. Who knows? I mean, that 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 is a potential a potential thing. But that that's the thing with in the Premier League. Well, like well, I mean, only really, but in Premier League you need two quality players per position realistically and I think Lukic offers a backup to both Reed and Polina theoretically um, obviously he's not anywhere near Polina's level yeah. at the moment that's not to say that he won't be if he can you know adjust uh, adjust to the league but yeah you don't take Harrison Reed out of the team at the moment I know he had a bit of a break against um, Liverpool but maybe it was just a fatigue thing but at the moment, he's performing in such a way that you know you can't drop him because of that. Mm. You know, it's and again, if he builds on this season, because last season I thought he was exceptional as well, builds on this season, next year could be a you know even like a breakout year for him. Yeah. I think you know there's no reason to suggest that he shouldn't be somewhere near the England team. Uh, you know, I think Southgate has his favourites. So maybe he just doesn't fit in with what he's looking for, or you know he doesn't. He's not you know buddy buddy with him, or whatever it might be. But he's certainly putting in the performances week after week with all that energy that you see from him. He's just you know back in the last Premier League campaign, he was playing just in front of Ream and Anderson. Yeah, for the most. Oh, sorry, Tosin and Anderson for the most part. And it was like okay, he's a defensive midfielder, and that's his role. No, it turns out it's not. You know, he's got he's got bags of energy to be playing, whatever that number role, number eight role or whatever it might be. So I think it's uh, it's been brilliant to watch him develop because we always knew that he was pretty decent, but then he had a bit. His injuries were always leaving him making making us think that he might not you know make it. But uh, he's definitely proven any uh, doubters wrong. Well, I mean, maybe I'm the only doubter, but that's kind of what no, I, I was a doubter as well. But I, I, I want to move on now because I'm going to talk about Tom Kenny. Now, Tom Kenny um, has always, you know, we've seen him injured for a lot of times. We've seen him come to the Premier League of us and not do amazingly. Um, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself here. And I know he's now 
31, 32 years old. But the thing is, there's just something quite amazing, Wigo, about how much good it is on the how good it is on the eye to see Kenny with a number just like scoring a great goal with his left and his right in this game, just being like the Tom Kenny of old, and like he's almost finally arrived at the Premier League. Like he just looked absolutely brilliant this game, and I just, uh, I, I'm. It's almost quite a shame. It's it's so late in his career I feel like this could have happened or should have happened maybe two or three years ago I don't know what you think uh, again I put it down to the manager the manager gives him this sort of licence to roam I guess I don't know um, but he, like, even when he's come on throughout the season he's been exceptional I think he's helped us yeah. get control of games really really well and has been a fantastic option off the bench that when Pereira did get injured, it was only right that Kenny started. He deserved this opportunity. And arguably, it could have come a lot sooner. Um, he's, you know, he's making his point known. He's He's been exceptional and he was exceptional on, um, I was going to say Saturday, exceptional on Monday um, against Leicester. It just, it's just, the wizardry. That's a great word for it. The way the way he moves with the ball is just ridiculous. He can skip past a player. The only thing I'm missing is the TC top bins. We haven't seen one of them for a while. Like one of those where he cuts in and bends it into the top right corner. It was so satisfying to yeah. watch. And uh, I think he lined up for a couple yesterday, but it just weren't quite there. Um, but yeah, three he, games left. It might happen. It might happen. Yeah, he's been exceptional. I and thought Tete's assist was. There was a you know it was probably. He was probably going for a sort of top bins with his right foot, but <laughs> his right foot's so weak usually. He probably haven't got the strength just to sort of put it anywhere above the uh, six inches think, of the ground. I think even but, Tom Kearney... You're right, he's sort of watching him. Yes, there was so much... I was say, I think even Tom Kearney forgot he had a right foot, to be fair, judging by uh, judging by his tweets and his Instagram. So, um, so yeah, fair play to him. No. He was just... He, the old cliche, isn't it? He rolled back the years yesterday. Yeah. It was proper sort of, uh, you know, when he first first signed for us, the young, fit Kearney that he was. And yeah, he is 32 now. He has had the, you know, terrible luck with injuries. And he's been our super sub this year. And he just, this time around, he came on, he was, I um, mean, he started and he, it was a proper captain's performance from him. And it, I think incidentally, he got sort of man of the match in the vote for yesterday. Um, but he deserves all the plaudits for that. I mean, both goals were brilliant. The first one, you know, having the, the sort of the dummy, the, the yeah. using his right foot, brilliant. And but the second one, the way he took the ball on his stride, you know, it was quite a quick ball, and he managed that perfect first touch, and then to ram it home with his left foot this time. You know, that's that's what you want from your captain. That's you know, and he was playing that role that Pereira has played brilliantly this season, and but he's taken yeah. taken his chance. So I think it's great. And I think, you know, we're now at that point where we can say that he's probably going to be with us for the remainder of his career. Unless he gets one, like, you know, over, you know, overseas gay uh, team or something like that. But I think he'll he'll hang around now. Maybe he's got two, three years left in him. Given, you know, given the injuries he has had, maybe he's not going to be playing until he's 36, 37. But I think he... He just, yeah, he needs to be around. He is kind of, he was almost the new Mr. Fulham, really, isn't Absolutely. he? Absolutely. Now that he's been there, you know, the eight years or whatever it is. So, yeah, it's, I think it was just great to see him, really. And it's just like, you got to feel happy for him. 
I think you got to feel happy for the whole team yesterday because it was such a great flowing performance. Yeah, we'll forgive the defensive frailties, well, um, but the actual yeah, the, actually the way we played was you know exciting attacking football, and it was just fun to see really. Which at the end of the day, yeah, football it should was be very fun. fun. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that the te- uh, Kenny Tete again was brilliant. Anthony Robertson fantastic. Made a dodgy pass here and there, but that's always in his luck every now and then. But you, you did say you know <laughs> the bad defending aside, Morgs. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to actually we're gonna have to talk about it because you know. I was there thinking, you know, four, we're four nil up, and I just thought, you know, this, nothing's going to go wrong now. I'm like, I'm, I'm used to being myself and very J Matt and just thinking like, oh, they could win five four though, and even they were singing that at one point when they scored a couple. But, but it, it did, it did. I, I was actually getting quite nervous because, so, so the first goal that they Leno's. That is a penalty, as clear as day is where I'm standing. I mean, I think Leno lost, just completely lost control of that, 100%. But the save, I mean, the reaction from all of us, Wigger, was immense. I mean, it was so good to see him finally save a penalty. I feel like it's been in the pipeline for ages, like us scoring a free kick as well. But the second penalty looked um, looked very soft to me. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, either of you. Yeah, I mean, James Madison, we've got history with James Madison, especially Stefan Johansson. Um, so I was I was expecting a Madison dive there. He is, I've seen him do it before. I'm not really surprised, and it did look soft. First one, definite pen. I think it was just lucky that it was total shit. I think Vardy had run out of Red Bull or something. Just a totally crap penalty. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it so was, it's it quite, was de- it's awful. quite depressing seeing Jamie Vardy like in the state. I mean, no, no it's not depressing. I couldn't give a shit. But no. you know, what I mean, it's just it, it's quite weird that it's Jamie Vardy <laughs> that is just was just so. I don't know. You know, he, I mean, he used to, he used to be pretty. I guess he is now, isn't he? I guess he's quite, so. he's it's, just, it's a weird. That's one. old, isn't it, guys? He's also a lot smaller than I remember. Yeah, he's old. He's old. Yeah, oh, he's getting old. You yeah. shrink when you're well, old. Sure, excuse. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, pro- I'm producer not- Don is just <laughs> nodding his head as as we say that. That's so funny. But yeah, so- Don's only four foot six now. <laughs> Last time we saw him, that's six four. So I mean, so you've got obviously, the, I mean, the Barnes, the Harvey Barnes equaliser, and you know, it just it was just a catalogue of errors from us, wasn't it, Morgs? And I think we, I think, do you? I don't think we make those mistakes unless, unless we're winning by such a huge amount. I think uh, we certainly missed Ream yesterday, I thought. I think we missed that captain's presence at the back. And what with Ream being the season, he's just been calmness personified, which, you know, is just, he is the Paolo Maldini of SW6 now. And that's, you know, you, we missed that. I mean, Diop and Tosin were okay together. I mean, uh, did we concede before Diop went yeah. off? Yeah. I can't remember. Oh, they yeah, okay. Um, but then obviously uh Fulham's number nine, Shane Duffy came on and he wasn't exactly a rock at the back, was he? Well... I mean I think, you know, I was saying yesterday, wasn't like wasn't it was kind of like uh did uh Silver bring him on just because the fans love him. I've never seen such a loving for one player who has played so little 
also whilst he's been you it know, was on like loan, the back of the hammy end had just like done ecstasy now, or something. Like, it just it was just I've never seen the cottage so enamoured. I mean, just everything everything he was doing, everything everything was you know Duff, even Mitchell's on fire was Duffy's on fire. Just it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy the amount of love that was going on for Duffy. And I kind of get it because it's I mean there is the argument that some people say it's actually being disrespectful. You're taking the piss out of him, but I think it's just we're all very full aware that he hasn't had many minutes this season and we all know he's a bit of a laugh probably I don't know it's just I think it's completely light-hearted I don't think it's offensive at all to be doing all of that but um no, I don't think it's offensive at all I think it's just it's quite it's funny how he has uh you know how the fan base has taken to him when he's done nothing on the pitch he just seems like quite a good laugh and you know it's like you could go out and have a few beers with him and it'll be a, if Duffy a scores were on the pitch did you start that one Wigo or you I can definitely imagine you screaming it like loudly by next yeah, he's got yeah. a tattoo uh, he nearly did no, he, nearly, no. he nearly fucking did I was I was ready I was I was ready to run <laughs> I was like that ball came in and I saw him at the back post and I just went oh my god and then he put it wide, and I, I just sunk into my seat with my hands in my head. I was gutted. I thought, if Vinny's going to score and Duffy's going to score, this day can't get any better. We can lose. I don't give a yeah. shit. Vinny scored and Duffy scored. You know you know the song. Shane Duffy's on my mind and he's Fulham's number nine. So uh, even Shane Duffy said it on his Instagram story, basically. I think so, that's um, the bio of your Twitter page, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love him. I I think he's brilliant. I think he's brilliant. I just, as you said, he just seems like a great bloke. And do you know what? Credit to him. We played Sunderland away in the cup. I thought he was fucking brilliant. I thought he was outstanding at centre half. Um, And you know, it didn't didn't get spoken about that much. But I thought he had a fantastic game. And look, he's probably rusty. Not played for a while. We were however many goals up you can forgive that little howler at the back um, but some people probably yeah. did get slightly nervous I just don't really know in that situation how rusty they were going yeah, sorry, it, Morgan, so, but I, yeah. I don't know how rusty you have to be to not have eyes in the back of your head to know that Leno's moved closer behind him I mean I, you can see what Duffy's trying to do with the header he's trying to put the, he's, he's taking the ball to where he thought Leno was when he first last looked at him which is in the centre of the goal um, but then obviously Leno's crept up behind him, not trusting the situation. So it's it could it's arguably a, a you know both of their fault. I mean it just will get put on Duffy because he's he's Mister Rusty and um, you know just the fourth choice centre back it seems the month or third. I think I think that's um, you know that's a yeah you said it's it's both of their faults. It's yeah. communication for a start. Uh, Leno, you know he's been one of if not the signing of the season for us but he you know his communication was clearly lacking there or maybe it wasn't I mean obviously you can't hear if he was shouting uh, and maybe if he did shout and then Duffy was too committed to too do anything about it but do you think either way yeah it was, it was a bit comical too much about scoring a goal his face his face when he looked up at the hammy end yeah. just when he missed the, when he missed the header was really funny it was really funny <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you guys want to add anything to this game before we move on? Because, I mean, I just, just a really, really good away, I mean, really, not away day, really good home game. Um, just really good fun. I mean, I don't think we'll see a game that fun for, for well, for the rest of the season, I don't think. It's going to be interesting with Palace as our last home game. Well, yeah, I think Palace will be, 
one of those non you know, Palace are up. They're, they're, they're safe. They're fine. Uh, it could be one of those. I mean, Roy's not one for sort of playing Dixie attacking football, is he? But I think, I don't know. Five oh, well, this is the thing. So, I mean, uh, right. we'll come on to Southampton after this music. But, I mean, we've, go on, up we go. I was going to say, I've got something to add about the Leicester game. John Terry, you're a crap coach. What? Defensive coach, my ass shipped five goals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Total. <laughs> so, yeah. We, and we saw I you cry on the telly. The game. Fantastic. No, it was great. I sod him, quite frankly. Can do one. <laughs> Absolute waste I of enjoyed, um I enjoyed James Madison singing... Yeah, I, I enjoyed us singing to James Madison, You're Gonna Cry in the Minute. Uh, I think he applauded the ref at one point and he got a yellow card. And then oh, he got he went mental. <laughs> the ref's yellow card fell out of, the back, out of his back pocket and he's just started laughing at the ref. Pointing at him. It was quite funny. Madison has been having a terrible time. A terrible time. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. I mean, b- before I actually move on to Southampton, you, Morgs was saying, obviously, we, about Crystal Palace and, you know, it could be 5-5. I mean, I think the story is very set up for us to hopefully beat Southampton and it will be at Palace where we can decide if we beat our Premier League points record and the current owner of that is Roy Hodgson so it's going to be it's going to be very interesting if we if we can do one over on uh, old Sir Roy but I, I think I think we can I think it'll be interesting but I, <laughs> yeah I think that'll be the game that decides it it might be Man United who knows anyway I oh yeah, so. we'll beat my new. All right. Well, <laughs> after this, we will just have a quick look at Southampton. Fulham. So, Morgs and and Wiggo, actually, you're both going to this, aren't you? Is that right? You can't make. Oh, it. I can't make. Wiggo's obviously going. Oh, I was really looking forward to this one. I can't, I can't oh, make I'm it. I'm sorry. So, I didn't we go. to rub it in. Okay. Well, Wiggo. Um... Yeah, you did. <laughs> but we're. Um... We're probably going to relegate them if we win this game. Or am I right in saying we relegate them even if we just draw? Well, yeah, we relegate. Win. Oh, we draw. draw. They need they're eight. They're eight points behind with three games left. So. Class. I mean, yeah. I don't wish relegation on yeah, anyone. Yeah, yeah they're I don't wish, they're I don't wish it on anyone, but yeah. I'd love to relegate another club. It's so it always happens to us. It's going to be fucking brilliant to do it to someone else. It sounds really horrible. I quite like Southampton. <laughs> But their owners, their owners, and their board members have totally screwed them over this year, and I feel sorry for the fans more than anything. I don't feel sorry for the owners at all, not one bit. I've got family from, and I went to uni in Portsmouth, so I'm more than happy to send <laughs> them down, send the scummers down. Fine. I mean, I just nice. want to know what your thoughts are on that, Morgs. Just going back, because I mean, they've been in. We shouldn't care about this too much, but uh, they've been in the Premier League for eleven years now, and it looks like they're going to go down. Do you think it will be the same amount of years as it took us to come back as it will then? I mean, because, I mean, you know, we were 13 years. We had got two years extra on them. But, like, it just, it seems like it could be quite a, I don't know, it could get quite hairy for them getting life into the championship after. It depends. I mean, it depends how many players they lose, obviously, in the summer. Uh, these days, well, you've got the parachute payments, so maybe they'll be able to keep hold of some of their better players. Wall Prowse will go. But the last time they went down, they'd been in the Premier League and Premiership or whatever it was back then for ages. You know, maybe longer than 11 years. I know, certainly longer than 11 years. And they ended up going to League One. Mm. So, you know, they did a, they had a double bounce. So, 
whether that happens next time, probably not. It's it, I guess it's somewhat rare that Premier League teams go down having got the parachute payments and they're not able to compete. But it depends if the um, you know the owners want to invest anymore over the summer. As you say, they've kind of done they've done what so many owners do. I mean, we might have a go at the Cairns for this, that, and the other, but investing has not been one of their uh, their issues. So eh, if they stay down for a bit, that's any great loss. I think there are more interesting teams that can replace them, and hopefully. The uh, this will be the their game they go down because I think yeah it is it is harsh to relegate a team also there's a slight satisfaction I, to it especially on the I love pitch. a South Coast away day though like they they're so they're so good like how good was Brighton all right Brighton is Brighton and they're a much better team and it is right on the we went out on the coast afterwards but like. How good is it? Bournemouth was amazing as well. Even though we lost, we just had a brilliant weekend. I prefer going south to going up north. You know, I'd rather go Southampton away than Burnley. But um, well, there obviously, we go. <laughs> looks like yeah. I'm, I've not really got the choice next year. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I tell you what, it's a I, shame. I, I, I'd rather go anywhere than Burnley. Quite, I, I, there there is a slight part of me, very very slight, that I'm I, I do wish we were in the championship. Just a little bit, so we could go to Plymouth away. Uh, then when oh it, yeah, I that said would that. be a great. That would be a great away day. Yeah, that would be really, really good. That's fun. what I'd have wanted. But anyway, Plymouth we, away. Yeah, but we should move on. We should. I mean, we'll quickly just go on to. We go. If they do go down, are there any players that you would realistically like us to nick? Because we could talk about the lineups and stuff. We could talk about. We've already said it between us. We've said that basically, probably get Vinicius to start and then. Mitro come on and score a brace after this, you know, the first half. I, but the lineup is, is, should remain the same as it was against Leicester. So I'm just now just talking. Who would you cherry pick from Saints, basically, before we move on again? Um, well, realistic or not, obviously James Ward-Prowse is a standout player, isn't he? And anyone would love to have him in their team. But likelihood is he'll go someone a bit bigger than us. Um. I like Bella Kotchup. He's a good player. Centre half. Um, Lavia looks pretty decent as well. There's a few in there. They're mm-hmm. just it's just as a unit. They're just not good enough. I don't know. You know they've been all over the place with the managers as well. I mean Nathan Jones. Once they got him, they were just written off. Good players yeah. or not? Appalling decision. Um, yeah, Bed Bednarek was on loan at Villa. He wouldn't be a bad backup either. Do you know what I mean? Or I don't think he's an awful player. Um, Carl Walker Peters. There's so many players that you could you could say from any of the teams that do eventually yeah. go down that are really good players. It's just not quite worked out as a team. And um, but as an individual, they're more than good enough, more than capable. But unfortunately, if you're not cohesive as a unit you're going to struggle and that's what's happened to Southampton and they're going to get picked apart in the summer because of it yeah it's interesting I mean they, they I think obviously they'll lose James Ward-Prowse they might keep hold of like players like Shea Adams Carl Walker-Peters who you mentioned I think would actually be quite a shrewd signing as a backup to Kenny Tete due to his age and um, just seems like quite a good quite a good prospect um, there's also a centre back that everyone's raving about who I didn't really know much about until maybe a few weeks ago it's called I think it's is it Salisu or Salisu like one of their left, I think it's Salisu oh, yeah. Salisu yeah I was looking at him he's been injured for the last right, okay. few games 
Um, he's only played. Well, he's played twenty-two games a season, but you know, it's it's hard to look at defenders from teams who have been so badly right. beaten. Yeah, on you know a regular occurrence. Um, so I think that's where you know Tony Khan's magic stats machine probably has to come into it and see if there is actually any promise in these players, or if they're one of the key reasons as to why they're shipping so many goals. Because um, I mean, you look at them. I mean, as you say, Ward Prowse is the go-to for any of these, but unlikely that he'll come to us. Um, and also, if he were to come to us, where does he fit in? Really? I mean, that's uh, you know, he's a squad. He'll be a squad player. Yeah. He won't be a starter. Automatic starter. Sorry, because um, he's not. He doesn't have the same energy as Harrison Reed, and he certainly doesn't have the strength of Polina. And hopefully, you know, they will continue to be the starting midfielders for yeah. you know next season. But I mean, uh, yeah, he looks Alcaraz, a good player, man. I mean, he looks really good. Young I can imagine prospect. he'll be one to watch out for actually he's, when we face them because he's he's doing. I mean, even though they lost, I mean, four three, they've still got some fight them in Southampton. He's he's sort of a danger player who plays in that sort of number ten role that you want to watch out for. And I think you know, young yeah, young Argentinian player. Yeah. decent pedigree if you're looking at that sort of side of things so I don't know you know I kind of when you see teams go down I'm never particularly uh, you know set on trying to take some of their players because these are players who uh, for want of a better term have a losing mentality at that point and whilst they may be individually good they just come off the back of quite a sort of rough season obviously and you want to you want to sign players who have confidence especially ones that are coming into a squad such as ours where there does seem to be a good camaraderie and all that you know you want to you know maybe I'm just being a bit uh, judgmental over that side of things but I think I'd rather have players who've come off the back of really good seasons coming to a team so you know I wouldn't be going there and going taking a shopping list to uh, St Mary's and say right we'll have them and them and them Right now, and the same same for any. Yeah, and I think we, we with our success this season, and with the type of manager we have, and the prospects we have, I think we'll be aiming, like you say, a lot higher. So that's yeah. I, I think I think we can put that to bed that we won't be necessarily desperate for any Southampton players. I actually, just a side note, I didn't know Onyuachu was there until only last like a few days ago, and he he's from Genk, and he's like the tallest uh, centre forward ever. You love the Belgian league more. I thought you, I thought you'd be in. Yeah, he's I do love the Belgian this guy. Yeah, he he scored tons of goals for them, but yeah, he hasn't really hasn't set the world alight yet. Just yet, obviously, because hmm. ten go. games zero goals. Yeah, not 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 really. Up already. Yeah, but They're very good, very very good. Well, I'll tell you what's also very good. Yeah, but I did see Genk play, and uh, yeah, they could have. Uh, yeah, I would have liked seen him play, given the fact he was uh, well that big. Never mind. Never mind, indeed. Right, let's uh, move on, and we'll go into AOS all other stuff. Fulham. So, <laughs> this this is um this is doing the rounds at the moment, and I kind of regret putting this in the group, but I don't because everyone is rattled, and it's just even even Danny's now seen it, and he's he's lost his mind. So it's from EBL EBL at EBL 2017. Uh, you've all don't, seen the don't, play, no, just don't do, give him do credit. <laughs> don't 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 give his out. <laughs> Okay. Well, I was too late. I've already done it. Cut that out. (laughs) But anyway, it's basically 
no. hot take. It's fine. You, we've got hot to, to publicise I've never bought Sorry. into the Marcus Silva and Fulham hype. They play common sense football, but there's nothing special about it tactically. They often play long from goal kicks to battle for duels, defending a standard 4-4-1-1 high press and attacking a standard 4-3-3. There are flaws within their 4-1. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck. It's just so boring. Like, it's just unbelievably <laughs> dropped. Like, just, hey, I'll, I'll go to whoever wants to start on this because you wanted to mention and oh. rant about it. It's just I've never seen such hipster bollocks in all my life. I, I, I'm, I'll go first. I'm... Go on, Wigo. Yeah. You're you're the one with the most likes. I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the comment is there on Twitter for everyone to see that I've never read so much bollocks in my whole, in my whole life. It's just talking total shite. Uh, it was just absolute rubbish. I mean, <laughs> these people, they are ruining football. I absolutely, I cannot stress enough how much I hate that sort of thing. The double pivot overload low block smooth transition whatever shit they're going to come up with JDP uh, come <laughs> off it come off it like you, you like this yeah oh, to this is the same <laughs> this is the same black I saw him tweet yesterday as well if you're judging Deserby on results you're judging him all wrong he's an elite tactician they just got dicked 5-1 how can you how can you not judge a manager on results? That goes for any manager. Marco Silva lost twelve games in a row, but he's oh, a fantastic. Mate, you didn't look at the XG. So yeah, I mean all that underlying this metrics. XG nonsense, man. <laughs> underlying metrics as well. Fulham's underlying oh, metrics I, show uh, that they should be about about sixteenth in the league. Yeah, but we're not. You turn up, you win, you go home. We're tenth in the league for a reason. I don't give a shit where we're expected to be. For goodness sake, just get a job. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if God's sake. He finishes off with, well, apparently he's a master, he's an experienced analyst and scout. Uh, he's got a 1 1 uh, Master of Science and Performance Analysis of head, head of Content at the APFA Analysis. Uh, and his email address is ebl2017.media at gmail.com for anyone who wants to have a chat with him. Um, it, or, or you can sponsor him on Patreon. Oh, really? Because he doesn't have a job, therefore. Who pays for this? Yeah. But he, um, twat. Um, but the 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 last the last post in that thread. The thing about that is Brentford are like to continue to overachieve because of that. Fulham are not and run and that runs the risk of the club getting relegated if results don't go their way. And it says, of course, it runs the risk of getting relegated if results don't go our way. That's how f- yeah. football works, you twat. If results don't go your way, it, you go down. I've, that's, that's, I've had I've had a bit oh. of it, but it's just it's so dull. Oh, it's, I'm sorry. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna rant now, because you know what what I said earlier. Football is about having fun. We go because we you know we love watching Fulham play. We go and you know even if it's a bit testing at times, we love it because we can get to go out, hang out with our mates. We can go on away days because who doesn't love a good away day? I mean, sometimes a shit away day is even quite fun in a way. But you get these people who just think that they need to overanalyze a game and use stats for the sake of stats use phrases that make absolutely no sense or they were used in the past but they were just given simple terms counterattacking whatever the fuck happens counterattacking is a phrase now that's fine but the you know you look at this and you go you're sitting in your mum's basement and all you're doing is you're sitting in your pants and you're typing this shit and pretending that you're an experienced analyst and scout and it's just like no you're not you're a classified twat 
Now get back to work. Do a proper job and stop putting stuff on Twitter and charging people for the pleasure of it. Football Manager probably had a decent, had a decent save in Football Manager, and all of a sudden I'm an experienced scout because I found a player in the second tier of Belgium and signed him, and he went on to get 30 goals in the Premier League season for fucking Sheffield United. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Woking. Six seasons, but that's it, isn't it? They're, these these aren't football fans. These are people who are being busybodies because they've played. You know, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I love football managers, great, and I'll play the occasional game of FIFA. But a lot of these people, they don't. You know, you, they'll never see that. You'll never see them at an actual football match. They're there pretending they know everything about football, and then showing off. Or even though I'm not quite sure showing off is you know the right way to put. That. The this problem is, the is that. I was going to say, they're telling you how you should be watching football. That's what pisses me off. I go, mm. I, I, I'll go, I'll go, we played well, we played shit. We won, we drew, we lost. We weren't very good, we were all right. Could have done better, could have made the subs there. I don't look and go, well, that double pivot in the midfield could have been a lot better. Or the overload or the smooth transition from defence to attack could have been better. I go, I get pissed, I go home. That's it, and then we'll chat. We'll chat the in thing. the group Usually, chat after eight beers. Yeah. I'm not. We'll chat in the that. group chat, and we'll just spout <laughs> a load of shit, and that'll be it. I don't I, like. Yeah. Just get a life. So you that, know what I mean, just I'm, grow I'm up. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna split the difference with you. I, I kind of like understand how XG can be used for professionals and to get an idea of chances created, etc. This kind of boring. But I, I've had some people mm-hmm. message. Like I've interacted with some people on Twitter who are like Arsenal fans and Crystal Palace fans that have said. Fulham are going down next season and it's because our XG was less than Leicester's in the game that we destroyed them in and the reason that Leicester's XG is higher than ours is because they had two penalties and like it, it just it doesn't really like the fact that you can say that we're going down next season based on XG when actually if I'm going to play this really stupid fucking game of XG I think all in all in the XG table we're 10th at the moment and I think at the end of the season last season, Brentford and Aston Villa were 11th and 12th. So I don't know what anyone's talking about when they say that we're going down based on our XG. I mean, we've got... Because they don't, don't know they, what they're they, talking about. They've got, they've got, no we've got brilliant players that can actually counteract the fact our XG is low because they know when to finish. Anyway, I'll, I'll, we've, 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 we're done. We're done. This is just... No, 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 no. no. Keep going. This, Wait, you know, this is... It's neat, as you say. This is per XG and stuff like that. It's all fine if you're doing data analytics for a recruitment in you know you know the Tony Khan computer or the, the guys at Brentford, whatever whoever uses like the Moneyball way of uh, recruitment. This is probably you know, it's a perfectly acceptable stat to use. I don't need Kevin Smith from Medway telling me that I'm not watching football right because. You know, even though we won, we lost. Yeah, sorry, that's moving on. Oh, you know, also, yeah, a, I mean, he's a also, twat. Also, sorry. Um, but, you know, I, you know so I go to football, beers, fun. Sorry, if but, these if these knobheads know yeah, so much, sorry. why are they not managing in the Premier League? Uh, how, can you t- how can you tell Fulham how they should be doing better and what they should be doing better? Go As Dom said, go and get Marco Silva's number. I'm sure he'd really love to hear what you've got to say. Grow up. Because they're because they're incels in in the basement. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> it's offensive Anything to actual professional about? coaches that are doing very well, especially for a club right now. But anyway, look, let's 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 move on. You say Marcus Silva there. <laughs> we'll go on to another 
uh, story. Um, apparently, it's been reported by the Daily Mail that he's got a six million release clause in his contract. I don't know what. Yeah, I the Daily Mail can fuck, can fuck off, off as well. But I mean, <laughs> do you think there's a likelihood that Marcus Silva might actually not sign a new contract until he's satisfied he's been backed in the window in the summer? Because he's made a few comments now that you know he he needs to be backed um, and and stressed that quite a lot. I, I feel like we won't actually see a new signing maybe until the beginning of the new season. I just want to know your thoughts on that, Morgs. Uh, yeah, I think there's a very good chance that he won't sign a new contract until he's given reassurances that the recruitment yeah. matches his ambition. And I think he's uh, had two exceptional seasons as our head coach. Um, and I think he deserves be, to be backed for next season. I think he was backed pretty well in last season as well, um, in terms of yeah, last preseason. So there's no reason to suggest that we won't uh, see some new players come in. Clearly, he's identified the positions that we need to strengthen. And I think, obviously, one of the flaws in the recruitment last year was our inability to get a, you know, prior to the last three games, maybe the ability to get a decent backup striker in. And I think we're going to see, you know, a few ins and outs this summer. I think we'll need a new backup keeper because I think Rodak will leave. Um, and I think we'll we'll need a new uh, backup striker or, you know, even someone to compete with Mitro in that role. And, the, you know, a new left back perhaps. And then, you know, additions around the rest of the squad because we've been left horribly threadbare at times this season. So if he doesn't get assurances, then... I can't see him rushing to sign a new contract. I think if he does get them and gets the players in, he'll be, you know, be happy to sign one. But obviously, if a job came up that he's had his eyes on for, you know, his whole coaching career, then it would be hard to keep him. But in the in the Premier League, I don't know there'd be that many of those jobs around. No, I, I think some of the bigger ones seem more of a poison chalice than they, you know, otherwise would have been in the past. But I, I think he's got, you know, the, the classic term, he's got a good project yeah. going here. So I think I, he would be, unless it was a very good offer, I think he'd be silly to leave for them. But I think, you know, we do need to give him a contract that reflects how well he's done as our coach. I think I, I think you're absolutely right. I just sort of imagined that he would have signed a contract right now um, already just to the fact that we're mathematically safe almost as a, you know, job well done you know, everyone loves you. The, the football's amazing. We're mathematically safe. You've earned, you know, some more money. Here you are. I, I'm just surprised it has happened. But, you know, I... I don't, they probably don't want to sort of complicate this end of the season. They probably just want to get to the end of the season. They've probably got one, you know, the agent, I imagine, has probably had a few chats with them. Um, you, you know how yeah. these things work behind the scenes. You know, we don't know anything until it's signed. I mean, there's these things probably bubble along for ages. I mean, we're talking about a multi-million pound contract You're these right. things don't just happen overnight because they're thrown in front of someone so I, I wouldn't I'm not worried about him being upset and looking to leave but you know I would like him to be tied down just so that we've got the um, uh, security of him being well here one from one season. manager to another more because I'm come straight back at you I thought the Mickey Adams well there's a Mickey Adams forever Fulham tribute um, at half time and it was it was a really mm -hmm. nice thing to see I mean this is before my time and I, I, I'm not trying to highlight you as some old bastard now who who was there for all this but um but I, I just you yeah, yeah you were <laughs> and um, the thing is I, I find it quite interesting the story of Mickey Adams and how actually without him there would be no Al Fayed there would be no uh, Fulham Premier League future uh, and I just don't know I'm just surprised there isn't more of um, 
I want more songs about him. Actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I get, I get, I get annoyed enough as it it's... is that we keep playing the Al Fayed song as a, as a troop and the heavy end. But I just feel like I was just kind mm-hmm. of taken aback of actually what a great man he was for the club. Well, when I when I first started going in '95, Ian Branford was manager and Mickey Adams was player, and then Mickey Adams got the job when Branford got sacked because we were dreadful, and he obviously steadied the ship that season. And then, you know, obviously the 96 and 97 season was an absolute joy to behold. You know, sort of 12-year-old, 13-year-old me was absolutely loving it. And it's one of those seasons that will always go down in sort of, you know, Fulham folklore because it was that good and it was the springboard to what came next. And maybe he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He certainly, you know, I think showed yesterday, you know, he's he's loved as a, you know, as a Fulham manager. He was, you know, he was only in charge for what, mm. 18, 20 yeah. months, probably, because obviously we got promoted and then our fire came in and uh, he was given a 10 million pound war chest and he had no idea what to do with it because he was used to spending sort of 20, yeah. 30 grand on the play, not sort of, you know, the money that he had at his disposal. And so he laid the foundations for something very, very special at Fulham. And I think. I think he does get the credit he deserves, but I just think, you know, not every legend can have a chant or, you know, a song about them. And I think he's held close to everyone's hearts. Um, and I think, you know, that he will he will continue to be. And it was, you know, great that he was down there. And I think it's, you know, it's important to recognise people who've had such an important part in our club's history. And I certainly think he gets that. I think, you know, I'm a bit in the same boat. It's like, yeah, it's been 10 years since Al fired was uh, our chairman. Yes, we got to the Premier League under him and sustained a Premier League uh, life for a long time. But at the same time, it's kind of, you know, he did, he sold the club when he hadn't been investing for years. And so I think, you know, maybe the time is now that we uh, that we move on from it, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, we are, we are now, you know, a solid mid-table Premier League side. So, I mean, Things have moved have on. You got any Shahi Khan chance you got up your sleeve there, Wigo, for uh, the next season? Any any Tony <laughs> Khan ones? Um, <laughs> probably ones I can't repeat on air. Yeah, I was going to say one that'll get cancelled. <laughs> yeah. No, no, not that bad. <laughs> just say. Say to do with money and greed, maybe, but uh, you know that's that's another issue. But um, yeah, let's not yeah. talk about those season tickets again. Come on, we can't do that. It's it's no, it's, no, we've done that to death, haven't we? I mean, it's, it's a shame, but there we are. They sold out. Did you see? They sold. They we're sold. Not talking about it. We're not talking no, no, about we're not talking about it. it. Actually, I think <laughs> now's a good point it. to say what um what what hasn't sold out yet. Anyway, is something I should mention is for the the Paul Allen project. And uh, now there's been a price reduction now, and they reduced the ticket prices for a karaoke and disco uh, disco night uh, down from five pound to two pound per person. And it is going to be a public, uh, sorry, a fundraising for public um, access, the fibrillators. And it will be at Sutton United. And I believe it is on Saturday, 29th of July, at 7 p- from 7 p.m. till midnight. So that'll be for a very good cause or for the Paul Allen project. So, yeah, make sure you get your. Just, yes, just on that, J Mac, we've been, been to a couple of events for the Paul Allen project, and they really are. They really are good fun, and uh, they raise money for a great cause as well. The work that Claire and the team are doing um, for the rest of the public to keep them safe is just absolutely fantastic. And um, yeah, well done to her. And this event will be fantastic as the last as the other ones have been. 
and uh, yeah if you can even if you can't make it if you can spare any money at all to uh, to donate I'm sure it would be much appreciated by Claire and uh, Claire and the rest of the team because uh, it goes towards a good cause so uh, yeah and also on that on that note I mean see the um, you know for anyone who is interested they are running uh, courses in CPR and you know British Heart Foundation uh, backed courses so you know obviously we've seen incidents and obviously Paul Allen one is the the prime example of uh, incidents in football stadiums uh, where people have needed help immediately so I think they are very worthwhile for actually sort of going on and you know they're they're free courses or you know quid or something like that and I think so you know Claire we all know she's a you know she's a sort of character that you're more than happy to help out so I think uh, you know just you know you need to look into these things because you know you want to keep people safe around you and just all for such a wonderful cause so yeah definitely get yourself a ticket um what's what's your karaoke song of choice there we go (laughs) i knew this would come up great uh well in bournemouth i sang in bournemouth (laughs) i'm not gonna play i haven't got it on the media don't worry i'm not gonna play it at the the pub the night before when we were all in bournemouth (laughs) i sang karma chameleon um i wasn't drunk enough though but yeah Uh <laughs> I'm a duet man, you see. I, I I need I need someone to do "Don't Go Breaking My Heart" to me. I could be Kiki D and oh, Jimmy Elton I thought right. I thought you wanted um, to do like Kylie and Jason from Neighbours. Great, thanks. What is it, Charlotte? Who is no, it, Charlene? And no. who's the who's Jason Donovan? No, that's what that's what Frenchie said about doing to me. For <laughs> especially for you. Apparently. Well, I think we'll. <laughs> oh well look, anyway like I say make sure make sure you get uh, get a ticket if you can if you're free that day and yes yeah, thank you very much thank you very much to my co-host thank you very much indeed and thank you incredibly very much to producer Don Love and we'll be back with a reaction to Southampton next week stay safe and if you like what we're here please tell your friends about us and we're on all the pod outlets and social media outlets give us a like whatever see you soon come on you whites